Hello, listener, and thank you for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. How's it going? My name is Robert Kerr, your host on the program, as always. A very exciting time in Michigan soccer. I just spent the weekend out in Brighton, Michigan, doing play-by-play commentary for the girls' state cup final. So six games commentated over two days. Uh, That was fantastic. In our second segment, you're going to hear from uh, myself and a a very tired me and uh, Josh Hakala. He did six other games over the weekend as well. And we're going to review our experience doing that uh, soccer marathon over the weekend. Uh, We're also going to talk Detroit City FC from Jer Stays and Fletcher Sharp of the Daily Detroit Podcast, one of my favorite local podcasts. Uh, it's a great stuff and a great chat with those guys. Uh, Jer's actually going to be on the scene in Memphis, Tennessee for Detroit City FC's first ever USL Championship playoff game, Memphis, Tennessee, their first year uh, in the league, and they made the playoffs. They have a tough road ahead of them as uh, Memphis, a very uh, tricky team. They finished second in the league. I think they scored uh, more than 20-plus goals, more than Detroit, and uh, 14 more points in the leagues and five points ahead. So Detroit, definitely the underdog. Michigan connections galore in that matchup with Coach Ben Pierman, former LaRouge coach at the helm of Memphis. Uh, Zach Carroll, former Spartan as well. Uh, one of the starting center backs for Memphis, and then Oakland University, uh, and uh, now pro, he got traded uh, to Memphis at the end of the year. He got a uh, thunderbolt of a goal over the weekend. I suggest you check out that highlight. So, a whole lot of Michigan connections on uh, Detroit's foe at the weekend in the playoff game. A couple other notes: uh, the NISA season wrapped up. Uh, Michigan State women's uh, soccer team had some big wins and a local uh, youth player uh, from the Lansing area, uh, Amalia Villarreal, who is a former guest of the program, uh, has been playing in the U-17 Women's World Cup uh, uh, over in India. Uh, She has played two out of the three group games. USA won uh, the first game over India by, I think it was 8-0, tied Brazil 1-1, and then just uh, this morning or yesterday at the beginning of the week, uh, she got a couple of assists against Morocco to help USA's U-17 women's team advance out of the group stage at the World Cup over in India, so kudos to him. To her, and if you want uh, to get more Michigan soccer updates, check out at MI Soccer Central across all the media platforms. And please, everybody, if you are listening or watching this show, please tell your friends that may be interested in the program. We have some good numbers on listens, but I still come across a great deal of people that have not 
tuned into the program, soccer people that have yet to tune into the program. So please spread the word, word of mouth, the top way for people to discover podcasts. And I sure would like to keep on expanding this program. Here come the segments for this week's episode. The gentlemen from Daily Detroit Podcast, uh, they will be on the scene in Memphis, Tennessee for DCFC's first playoff game in the USL Championship. We're going to talk about their year of coverage. And then we're going to then hear from past me and Josh Hakula from the Legacy Center in Brighton, which was the scene of the uh, MSYSA State Cup Finals for the girls. So enjoy some great segments here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Hello, listener. Next up here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, a segment that I'm very excited for for a number of reasons. Two gentlemen that have been putting together some excellent coverage and some very thorough coverage of the very long yet exciting Detroit City FC's inaugural season in the USL Championship. We are at the end of the regular season and just ahead of the uh, first playoff game in Memphis, Tennessee. Without further ado, welcome to the show, the show that has the motto, "Where, what to know and where to go in Metro Detroit. It is J.R. Stays and Fletcher Sharp. Thank you for joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, guys. Absolute pleasure, sir. Yeah, thanks for having us. So Daily Detroit, a uh, like you described, a general interest podcast. I uh, follow and listen to you, uh, your show about uh, current events, uh, politics, new restaurants. Uh, I actually learned a whole lot of Detroit history from some of your segments. Uh, uh, the, the the Shrine of the Little Flower was one of my favorite segments, and I followed that podcast and learned a whole lot of stuff that happened uh, in our area that I had no clue about. But this uh, summer, you added uh, a lot of Detroit City FC coverage just to start off Um why did you add that, and how did your partnership kind of develop to, to to build this over the whole summer here? Well, you know, this year was really stepping it up. We would occasionally, Fletcher and I, do segments at different points in the season. It was more of like a, a casual kind of, hey, this is something cool to check out, which is really along the theme of what we do, right? Like, these are cool things to check out around Metro Detroit. This year, it was like, all right, we're in the USL Championship, a whole nother level up from NISA, second division. This deserved to be covered in a deeper way. I saw it. I knew in my gut that like mainstream sports wasn't going to dive into this first as much as others. I just know about how like media works and how soccer is frankly covered across the country. It gets the short end of the stick, frankly, in lots of markets. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Let's double down. Let's see what happens and see if people respond to it and, you know, come to it with a real serious voice. You know, I, I, I it's great what the supporters do and, and different things like that. But we really treat it as like a, a, a sports podcast talking about the sport of soccer, uh, some of the cultural stuff around it, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. But really to f- treat it seriously and, and have really great discussions on what's happening on the field and hopefully get more people interested in the beautiful game. Fletcher, uh, you do lots of uh, sports contributions to the program, and then you've had a ton of soccer, obviously. What uh, have you enjoyed from uh, the, your coverage 
of DCFC. You guys do videos in at Keyworth, uh, halftime, post game, and then you do full dedicated uh, review shows on the podcast. Uh, wh- how have you enjoyed this experience this summer? Honestly, just witnessing the growth. Um, I've been covering DCFC in some capacity or another since their inception. Uh, and just to see them grow from a team full of people that have different uh, business logos on the front to uh, made up mainly of local people. You see maybe your occasional classmate or a teacher there versus now they are pulling players from all around the country, all around the world to come to this club from Cast Tech, which will always have a place in any supporter's heart to uh, a legit stadium uh, that supports soccer in terms of in terms of keyword stadium and Hamtramck. And just to see like that growth. And I don't know, like I don't obviously not super affiliated with the club, but to be, to see people occasionally walk up and say, Hey, listen to that thing, you know, uh, thank you for this. Thank you for that. It's just, it's kind of a nice indication of as the club has grown, uh, my coverage and, uh, subsequently the coverage of daily Detroit's coverage has also grown as well. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, we're, I, I don't think we're out here to be like the best in the world, but we're out here just to provide a service that people actually really want or listen to. So the fact that some people have, uh, appreciated that, uh, is a nice feeling for me at least. I know you guys, uh, Jer, you addressed it uh, about a month or two into the season about, uh, you know, why you're covering it. And you kind of re-explained that just now. But for the listeners that kind of come to your show for uh, current events, because there's a lot of like talking about the new developments downtown and new restaurants and, you know, some like ongoing current events. uh, What have you heard back from maybe not the, the soccer crowd listeners? Well, you know, our our audience is wider than the soccer crowd, and it's been great to bring this to them because they never knew about it. DCFC and soccer in general is still a sport that most sports fans aren't as aware about. A lot of people still didn't know that there was a pro team here in Detroit. It's so easy to fall into your filter bubbles, depending on who you follow on social media or Twitter or whatever, that to be able to to show this to more people has been been really an honor and also trying our best to be like hey this thing exists there's things that you can join up to uh this is something that's a going concern i i think that there that there's a a lot to be a lot to be said for that and when it comes to sports i'll just be honest there's like 50 podcasts that talk about how dan campbell screwed up at the lions right i don't really think we need another one Uh, I I feel like it's something where we could do something special. I love sports. I I love soccer. My team is Nottingham Forest, by the way. And, uh, and so for me, it's like, how can we do something special and bring joy? Cause if you're going to do this every week on top of something that literally I do every day, you better love it or you shouldn't do it. And also the daily Detroit has a clean rating on all of their shows and if you bring me on to talk about dan campbell enough you'll definitely lose that clean rating so <laughs> that's true that's true there's, there's, there's plenty uh covering all the other topics and yeah there's a uh, plenty of room uh in this space uh in the soccer world and michigan and detroit itself is kind of in a unique place where there's such a vibrant like amateur scene but until recently there wasn't really a, a professional team to like grab the reins and uh uh you know, be the, the one and only team. There's, there are certain areas in the country where there is like the, the, the team, the MLS team that's laid the marker for what the, that, that pro team is there. And um, DCFC has done it uh, in its own and a unique way. 
And um, so the season was long. And on the most recent episode of Daily Detroit, Fletcher kind of pat himself on the shoulder there for his preseason prediction. Detroit City FC uh, finished in the playoff positions. Uh, there was opportunity to move higher, but if you kind of step back, I mean, it was a successful season, regular season. I don't want to write off what is to come, but there's, I mean, they they competed. They were better than the average team in the conference. They won some big games. They didn't win some others they could have. Um, but just the, the, the long haul of the season, um, kind of what were some of the highs and the lows that you guys took from it so far? Um, like I said, mentioned earlier, kind of just the growth. Uh, I will pat myself on the back, honestly, because a lot of people last, <laughs> a lot of people have them finishing like they're going to win the league, and it's like they have eighteen players. They're not going to win. That, that's not. Let's be let's be rational. Let's set rational goals. Because if you're like they're going to win the league and they're going to score a thousand, you're going to be upset and disappointed. So like rationally, I was like they at their peak, six fifth sixth place at the lowest, probably just out of playoff position. So to see them right in that little bracket means like. I'm not the idiot some people think I am. Um, but, yeah, watching their growth from USL Championship to uh, NISA. I mean, people came to games at NISA. People came to the friendlies, of course. But, like, people were still like, oh, this team's from Los Angeles. This team's from somewhere. Like, are we sure this is an actual, like, league? Because some of these teams don't look that put together. So to see people come in here and be like, oh, uh, this is a legitimate league, legitimate organization. There's someone I used to watch play and to actually see the people light up consistently to watch. I know it was coming off of a COVID year, so attendance numbers will be a little bit down to start and maybe get up near the end. But to see them consistently hit 6,000, 7,000 when it was warmer outside, whether they won or lost, uh, is honestly tremendous. Because, um, you know, Michigan's full of a lot of fair weather fans that if the team's doing bad, uh, they just won't show up. So to see if they actually have a dedicated whether it's uh, the supporters, whether it's just a typical fan, people who maybe not don't even know what they're watching, just show up and say, I was supposed to be here. And to see that happen with more aplomb. I mean, the game they lost to Miami was not a good game, in my opinion. But they hit their second highest ever attendance rating, which lets you know that people are like, it does not matter. We will support what's here. And that's honestly a really great heartwarming thing to me. I kind of love that we showed more parody across soccer. You know, there was the the, the talk of the Nisa All-Stars, and frankly, I want to wear that banner with pride because this team stepped up in so many ways. You even look at the victory against Columbus in the Open Cup that was a ton of fun. Some electric matches against Louisville City, which were just, you're going down to kicks, right? Like, you can't get closer than that. And that's the thing. Detroit has a great soccer product. MLS or not. And that's kind of the reason why we wanted to bring this kind of coverage to it, because I think that this is a product worth watching and it's a ton of fun to be a part of. And I think that Detroit City FC is Detroit soccer team. And I, I just want to show the world that. Yeah, uh, I to your point, Fletcher, about uh, there is a good amount of Fairweather fans. I actually had a conversation uh, with uh, some guys that were from California and they asked what is like the biggest sport around here and I kind of had a hard time putting my finger on it. I was like well for a while it was hockey you know for a while it was baseball but I'd say you know in general football like you know we haven't been uh, sprinkled with too much success but it is a bit of a fair weather thing around here on like what team is successful at the moment because there has been times where different franchises have been successful but Kudos to the fans. Yeah, the, the they haven't won every single game at home in Hamtramck, but the fans kept on coming. 
Uh, looking ahead now, where we are, we just finished the regular season, DCFC finishing seventh, and they have a tough matchup ahead at the weekend. Jer, you will be there on the ground providing uh, local coverage on the scene in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, to lay the groundwork, uh, DCFC, the underdogs, once more. Uh, Memphis finished like 14 points, five spots ahead in the standings, scoring 23 more goals uh, than Detroit through the season. Um, what do you think? Uh, do they have a chance here? Oh, yeah, I think they do. I mean, are there are the odds not in their favor right now? If you look at it from a soccer perspective, absolutely. There are absolutely challenges. But we've seen this team throughout the season step up when it matters. And if they can do that step up, step up. And, you know, you got Steinwasher, the Steinwall. I think that's going to be crucial to this. Now, I know Fletcher and I differ on our predictions for the score, and you should check out the episode we just did to, to see those predictions. But I think that if the defense comes through, you know, you see that kind of, you know, magic. I've heard some other commentators say that LaRouge has a type of magic. If they can find that magic in Memphis, we can beat any team in this league. I mean, there's already been a sports miracle uh, in in uh, Tennessee and in, in Nashville, and the Titans had that uh, weird uh, lateral throw all those years back with Frank Wycheck back when they had Steve McNair going to the to the uh, in Super Bowl where they lost against the Rams. So, like, I mean, it happens in Tennessee occasionally. Um, I think they have a decent chance. Um, I'm just way a little bit more rational at times. Um, I'm only worried because there have been some situations throughout the entire season that I thought they needed to address a little bit that they kind of did. And then as they started winning, they kind of started not. Of course, when you're doing really well, you kind of don't look at the bad things that are happening because you have the Ws. Um, some issues they really didn't address that uh, Memphis kind of does really well. Um and I don't, and while I think Nate has had a great year and a tremendous year, and I've said this on the show, most recent one especially, um, I think the problem defensively is that he's had to do a little bit too much. Uh, if he probably doesn't have to do as much, which might come from injuries, probably comes from some uh, unfamiliarity issues with a player who's on loan, plus a player who typically is on the bench with a starter. It's kind of still trying to figure their stuff out. Um, yeah, you... Uh, you have to be worried a bit because Memphis is a very good team coached by a coach that they know very well in Ben Pierman. So, I mean, can they beat them? Yes. That's, that's the thing you put on your boots every single day. Do uh, you have a chance to win? Um, am I super certain they will? Would I bet my house? Probably not. Um, I really want to be homeless in that way, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it should be a really entertaining game. Nonetheless. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, honestly. I think it's going to be one of those close games. I know people in the league are talking about how Memphis-Detroit is like one of the games of the the playoff weekend, so that's it's a good thing to have. Yeah, some other local connections. You mentioned uh, former DCFC coach Ben Pierman, obviously leading uh, Memphis, but also uh, starting center back, uh, former MSU Spartan Grand Blank uh, native Zach Carroll is their starting center back. And then uh, newly arrived uh, winger Dylan Borzak. Do you think that those players might have an impact from uh, get uh, one over on their hometown team? Uh, Dylan definitely. Um, Dylan back when he played for Oakland County, uh, even when he played a bit for the Bucks, which I think Zach Carroll did as well. Uh, Dylan is like a, a lightning in a bottle. Like if you give him enough space, he will punish you, and that's part of what worries me with Detroit's defense. We saw the last game. They gave up a goal where, like, all three center backs made, like, I wouldn't say an egregious error, but a big enough error to that 
it allowed someone to come forward. And if you give someone as quick like Dylan a chance like that, he's going to put it in the net nine out of ten times. And like we just you just don't want to do that. Uh, Zach is a very stout defender. I I think the two games he's played against Detroit, like he's maybe played maybe not that much. I don't know if it's been just matchup or if it's been just coming off injury. But uh, he's a very stout defender who uh, typically doesn't make that many mistakes. Um, honestly, I was hoping that when Detroit moved to the USL Championship because he was on a contract, maybe they would try to get some of these homegrown players to come back in. Uh, I didn't know Dylan had gone pro. That's on me. But, uh, yeah, I, I had assumed that they might try to bring in Zach Carroll or bring in some other people who have some familiarity within the state, kind of how they did with Francis Atuahene. And they did, and I was a little bit let down. But I've still been watching all these former players from Michigan, Michigan State, uh, other schools, and just, yeah, I'm, I'm proud for them. Hopefully uh, they don't have a great game, though. So, you know, they can watch their hometown team progress. We try our best to root for everybody from Detroit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, it's good to see that there are pros uh, coming out of the state doing well. And it's good to see Dylan, who wasn't getting a lot of playing time uh, at the team that originally signed him uh, down. Uh, I think it was uh, Rio Grande Valley. And then uh, right at the uh the, the, the deadline there uh, made the move to a team on the opposite end of the standings up to Memphis. And then he scored a rocket of a goal at the weekend and had his trademark uh, flip celebration, which was cool to see. And you kind of uh, uh, led me to the question I wanted to ask you, uh, Fletcher. Uh, again, I don't want to overlook the, uh, the playoff run that uh, we might be uh, in store for, but, Detroit uh, entered the USL championship uh, last year with kind of a, a quick turnaround. Didn't get like a full off season to fully prepare um, with a, a regular off season. What kind of moves would you like uh, the Rouge to make? How do I put this uh, fully? Um, this year, there were some games they probably should have maybe lost. They won vice versa. Um, it'll be a little bit tougher next year in terms of goal scoring. Uh, especially with a lot of the MLS two teams leaving the league. Um, so you'd really want to get someone who can help sure up uh, scoring, um, especially with last off season where you kind of were moving from NISA to the championship and uh, you had some financial issues in terms of having the money. So you just kind of keep the players you had. You couldn't really explore much further. Uh, you have some players coming off a contract. I know Billy Forbes is done with his loan. I think he's out of contract. Some other players who might be out of their contract as well. Maybe get uh, another defender to come in. So a situation where people get hurt, uh, you're not having to pull up someone from a youth team. Even if they are talented, like uh, Dominic Gasso, you still don't want to pull up someone who's not going to play in any, any meaningful minutes. Uh, maybe get another forward to give Pato, Yazid, uh, Hope and Noah and Connor some pressure to like, all right, well, we got, a, we got someone here now who scored 16, 17 goals last year. If I want to keep my spot, I got to make sure I outdo him. Um, that's kind of the downside of having a small lineup, but also a down, small lineup means that you guys have continuity. Everyone's playing. Everyone's getting the rotation. People should still be in grooves. Uh, you notice that kind of with Antoine Hopeno this year, where uh, a lot of people thought him coming to Detroit meant that he was done. Most of them were Louisville fans because they just generally get under people's skin. Um, but, yeah, he showed that he still got some in the tank. Um, hopefully he's able to come back because uh, he provides a service that I think is hard to find. But, yeah, I mean, I made a tweet about it. Uh, Orange County uh, SC's forward, gold, gold boot winner, uh, Milan Ilofsky, uh is currently out of contract. 
So like, you know, I mean, if you have money this off season, you're making the playoffs, you're you know having a longer season, you're probably getting more home revenue. Like I would ask him like, Hey, do you want to score a lot of goals and be the first team eliminated from the repost season with like 10 weeks left? Or do you want to maybe come and score some postseason goals? Then, you know, put that on a sheet of paper with a number and hope that he circles yes instead of no. That certainly would be exciting, and I'm sure everyone here would appreciate more uh, balls going into the back of the net. Jer, you are going down to Memphis, Tennessee this weekend for DCFC's first ever USL Championship playoff game. Uh, What sort of coverage uh, do you think you're going to provide? Well, we're going to do a lot of stuff on social media, so we're going to have some fun stuff, right? Because... It's it's a lot about the culture, right? Soccer is about the trip. It's about the road trip. It's about enjoying things. So there'll be a little bit of road trip action. I'm hoping to get some interviews when I'm down there uh, talking. I mean, I am totally fine with talking with Memphis people too and having a good spirited discussion back and forth about, you know, what's happened or what's happening. You know, it's, it's about showcasing just the advancement that DCFC has made win or lose. And it's just going to be, I think a lot of fun for people to watch and, you know, get excited as, as we go here. It's, it's really bringing back something that, you know, back on the sports pages, when I was a kid, there was something special about the writer going down to the game and all that kind of stuff. And with media cutbacks throughout the years, that's been less and less. So fortunately we are in a position to be able to bring that back a little bit and bring it back with our own, you know, style and flavor. Well, thank you both. Uh, JR stays And Fletcher Sharp uh, from uh, Daily Detroit, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure, uh, a show I listen to on the regular uh, listener uh, for soccer coverage, especially this weekend uh, with On the Boots coverage and then uh, all sorts of uh, current events uh, and broad media coverage of Detroit on the regular. Check out Daily Detroit. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you. An absolute pleasure. Yep, thanks for having us again. Just wrapped up a marathon of play-by-play calling for uh, the MSYSA State Cup Finals. We were divided, so this is actually the first time seeing each other <laughs> all weekend. Uh, I had the luxurious field house games, and he was out in the dome out here in Brighton, Michigan. Yeah, the chilly dome. Everyone was complaining. They're a lot of wimpy people. They, they, they were all like, "It's cold in here." I'm like, "We're not outside." It's cold, it's chilly, but you're fine. I, I, I wore this light, like, sweatshirt thing, and it's, yeah, I'm fine. We could have been, like, outside in the elements. Yeah, but, um, no, forget that. All right, we're going to fill each other in on what we got up to all weekend, and you, listener slash viewer, check in on what the youths are doing here in the State Cup Finals. I'll let you go first with, uh, and we'll... We'll start with what you just did and go back in time. Yeah, with the Utes, uh, we we had uh, I had the under seventeen girls 
Premier Division State Cup Final. Uh, Michigan, this one, you know, I and a little secret, this is not a secret really, I think everybody knows, is like most broadcasters, we root against overtime. Uh, and so especially it was, in the last game of the day, especially the last game of the day, you know, everyone's tired. Uh, but yeah, this one we almost did, but, uh, Grace Ratliff scored in the third, 73rd minute to, to save us all from overtime. And, uh, the Michigan rush Lansing, they won over Royal Oak green. Uh, it was a, it, it was an evenly matched game. I think that's what happens with some of these things. You get two really good teams are in the state cup final and they're, they're, just cancel each other out and sometimes it's just a you know low scoring game and that's what we got in this one so it was a it was a good game but uh you know michigan rush came out on top i, I there wasn't a whole lot to that one other than them canceling each other out what was before that then uh well we had liverpool north oakland uh beat midland fusion green i had a lot of goals in mine i, I don't think you had as many in in yours um but i had a 3-2 win there liverpool north oakland uh winning that one um, Michaela Holbein scored uh, Emerson Wood a couple of goals for her and that was the U19 that's how I started the day um, and again two very good teams and they and they again cancel each other out we had we had a, uh, a goal uh, scored from you know I, 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 had, I had some good goals too I don't know if you had many highlights but I had like a direct corner kick go in I had like a 40 yard goal like I had a few good ones I'm sure you'll check on YouTube to find them it sounds like you had. Uh, I had the comfort. You had the action. I think so. I think that's that's what it is. I got the I got the chilly fingers, and uh, but at least I had uh, I had some good goals. Uh, and then how'd you start your Sunday? Uh, well, the the other game I had the, uh, on on Sunday was uh, MFA Revolution uh, in the U eighteen Premier Division. Uh, they beat uh, Nationals Capital Area Nationals Capital Area, which actually <laughs> wrapped up. A really unfortunate weekend for Nationals fans. If you're a National fan, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was rough for you. Uh, they went 0 for 4 this weekend. Um, the whole Saturday, there are three games on Saturday, and uh, they lost all three games. And then I thought, coming in, I'm like, hey, they'll redeem themselves. They'll come out with a trophy. No, they, they, they lost. Uh, MFA Revolution, really good. Um, and they, they've got... A, a, Caitlin Vanderark is a player I think that the people want to keep an eye out for. Uh, and Claire Van, Van, Zanden, Van Zanden, she uh, she scored a goal as well. They were they were really good. Um, and we, and that was one of the game uh, one of the goals. The actually the Nationals goal was scored from uh, directly from the corner kick. So that was kind of fun. But uh, but yeah, MFA Revolution winning that one. So how many losses did you actually see from the Nationals? Four. It, Four Nationals losses. Yikes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, in my Sunday, uh, only there wasn't any games uh, that featured two teams that scored. So it was one-sided affairs. No blowouts, but one-sided affairs. So I'll start uh, with the game that I just wrapped up, and it was DCFC West Rouge, which is the Canton-based DCFC affiliate, taking it on Michigan Hawks North. And I guess the, one of the highlights of my weekend was there was a lot of first-time uh, state Cup finalists, and so that was cool. There was first-time winners in, in most of the games I had, and that included this DCFC West team led by uh, Coach Sam Perini, and his side pretty much dominated. They came out 3-0 victors over uh, Michigan Hawks, and tip my cap to them because uh, I was told that uh, the Saginaw Township Soccer Club, this is the first time Saginaw Township Soccer Club team in their 50-year history. It was the first time they made it to the place that the hosts state cup. all the state cup tournaments. They don't have like a, a storied tradition up there. That's 
what that's I what found you're told. <laughs> and then our Sunday lunchtime game here in the field house was uh, probably my favorite team of the day uh, came out victorious. The Thundercats, Orange, won 3-0 in their game as well. They won over uh, the uh, Traverse City Bay Area Youth Soccer, T-Bay's North Storm. Uh, both teams in their first final. Uh, it was the uh, first ever time the Thundercats had entered the competition, so it was wow. impressive. And I guess over the last few years, they've been raising the, up the ranks from a regional to P3, P2, and now they're competing in P1, first time in the State Cup. And they pretty much dominated this game. And they're probably my favorite team of uh, my Sunday lineup and uh, had some good goal scoring there. Um, but it was pretty much decided right at the end there was a goal, the first shot of the game uh, went in and and the uh, T-Bays never really uh, looked like scoring. So it was pretty much just kept going. And as they kept on pushing up, they got a couple more and that ended up 3-0. So, as then, somebody who grew up in the 80s, I, I'm, I'm going to side with a team called the Thundercats. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Great. they were an impressive team and like definitely deserved winners. And then started the day off with a 2-0 uh, Midwest United Royal came up on top over Celine FC 2-0. Uh, Did you at least get some dramatic goals? Did these come late? Or were these like old, like early goals that uh, that just... And you just had to hold on for the rest? It was it was pretty much just a, a first half goal. One, one on either side of halftime. Um, both scored by the uh, impressive uh, Addison Holsworth. Uh, she got both, and uh, <laughs> it was two long shots, actually. So the game was even. It was just uh, the first one was like a 30-yard like looper over the goalie. And that was 1-0 for a long time. And then the second goal was you know more at the top of the box, but another one. It was like an even game, just two shots made the difference. And that was my Sunday. Uh, like I said, there, there was three shutouts in those games, three three-zeros, and... Started the day off with a two, and that was the premier division uh, for both of us. And then yesterday, we'll go back in our time machine to yesterday to the elite division, which is the higher division of the two. Why don't you fill yeah. me on on how your Saturday went, Josh? Yeah, well, and also I learned that the uh, the the premier division advances to the Midwest Presidents Cup, which is, this is just like this is just youth soccer in a nutshell really it's like it's a tournament they're like oh they're going to the midwest president's cup in in westchester ohio like oh when's that is that in the spring no it's next summer so it's in june of 2023 that's when these teams are gonna get like they will probably almost have forgotten how they got there they're like oh remember that uh tournament we won eight months ago yeah and who knows if the teams will even be the same by yeah then. that's true too so uh, that's another thing about that thundercats team a lot of those girls had been with the team for years and years so they've all risen most of them have risen together. i feel like that was a theme with mine too there every coach would that, that i talked to would, would say like yeah they've been playing together since they were under eight and all this stuff and i feel like you have that continuity with a club that's gonna that's gonna bode well if you have halfway decent coaching i think that's that's gonna work out for you yeah so sunday's winners go on to this president's cup and then saturday's winners go on to a regional championship in missouri also yeah. in also june. in june yeah <laughs> so they can already start making their their vacation plans yep. for next summer book it i guess we're going to st louis family <laughs> yeah. sorry 
<laughs> what else would you rather be in June? Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> I, I had some. I had some pretty uh, some some high scoring games. I, I had a four one game. This is the first the first of the the, the Nationals uh, red wedding, I guess if you want to call it. They're a red team. Sure, that works. Um, Jaguars won their second straight state cup. Uh, they beat the Nationals four one in the U nineteen. Uh, this is again the the elite division. Um, uh, Ella Kleiber uh, was a big one. Uh, she she was all over the field. Uh, we had this one this one goal that was particularly interesting. Then in that you know you can sort of see these plays develop. She got the ball and it seemed like nothing. Like she was just she got it about 40, 45 yards away from goal, and just took on one defender, got by her, and you're thinking, oh, she's gonna lay it off. She's gonna do, and she just kept going. And nobody paid attention to her. Like, they sort of, like, maybe lean toward her and thinking, I don't know, maybe they were thinking, like, oh, someone else is going to get her. No one got her. And she no just one. went straight down the field and the sea parted and she just scored a goal. Uh, that was Janae Jackson uh, for um, for the Jaguars. So, um, so yeah, so they got a, they got a win and a 4-1 over the Nationals. Uh, and then in the second game, which by the way, we should also mention that they spread the games out more this year, which was, which was kind of nice, both for the, for the teams and for us and for everybody involved. Because, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever been to a tournament where one game goes into, takes penalty kicks, and the whole schedule is just thrown off, and then everyone's rushing onto the field to train, get ready for the next game and all that. So they spread them out, which was kind of nice. Um, and then my second game was uh, Legends FC beat Nationals Union in the U18. Nationals. And yeah, poor man, poor Nationals. Um, they actually that was they scored first, and it, and it looked like uh, it looked like they were going to come away with this. Legends FC is the home team, so obviously they had a little. I mean, both teams brought. I mean, they're not that far away, so they both brought big crowds. But obviously, Legends had a little extra, and um, they scored in the 84th minute. Alyssa Melquist scored a goal. Uh, to win it, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a good game. So they, but again, I'm sitting there thinking like Nationals are going to get one right, <laughs> and then the last game came, and the Nationals were were outmatched by Michigan Rangers. Michigan Rangers dominated the game; they dominated possession, and you're just thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna wipe the floor with them. They scored early, and then the game just kind of hung around at one nothing, and then Nationals scored two goals: one in the 64th, one in the 78th. And I'm like, holy cow! This counterattacking team's gonna like beat this Michigan Rangers team. They're gonna be so disappointed. And then in the second minute of extra time, uh, Kendall Aiken scores a goal to tie the game and send it in extra time. Then Lexi Armstrong scores in extra time to win it. So Michigan Rangers give Nationals Union a third straight loss in the U17s. So rough weekend for <laughs> Nationals. I, I got. I feel for you. All right. So my Saturday. Uh... Ended the 2:30 game. Uh, ended with uh, probably the most impressive team that I saw, which was the youngest I saw in the elite division games on Saturday. It was uh, Michigan rush Northville, led by coach Jeff Shook, was an impressive three-nil win. Um, Michigan rush defeating Cap City Athletic, probably the most one-sided game out of all six that I did here in the Fieldhouse uh, this weekend. Um, some handful of really impressive players, especially on the attacking end, uh, including like Lila Megacy, uh, Lauren Bambanek, uh, amongst others that um, were really good. And like I said, probably the most one-sided game. And just we were, we were commenting there that uh, it was really uh, impressive that 
these players uh, have such skill, and they were like 13-year-olds. Yeah, and I, I, I have 11-year-olds, and uh, they're just starting the travel soccer thing, and I'm just thinking, like, there's still some elements of mash put, mosh pit soccer, you know, that's happening. It's get, it's getting better, but we're still, you know, having moments of it. And I'm thinking, like, what, in two years? We're going to, like, be crossing the ball and switching and having off-ball runs and all this Maybe I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I I will be impressed if we get there. But for right now, it's uh it's it's so impressive to see what these U13 and U14 players can do. Yeah, that U14 uh, Michigan rush uh, they win three nil over Cap City Athletic. Really impressive. Some really exciting players. Hopefully they continue in their soccer career. And uh, who knows? Well, the sky's the limit uh, for them. My Saturday lunchtime game, uh, the U15 elites, was a Legends versus Michigan Tigers. Again, a 3-0 win. <laughs> so not a lot of drama there in this game. Um, Tigers, uh, I don't, this one is blurred in the memory a little bit here. Limited notes, as you can see. Actually, I do recall now looking at that. It was 0-0 at the break, and then uh, three second-half goals by the Michigan Tigers uh, pulled that one out. And then I started... The day on Saturday. Oh, yeah, okay. So now it's coming back to me. It's a 3-0 win because it was a penalty shootout. Oh, see, there you go. All right, it's all coming <laughs> back to me now. Okay. No, this is what happens, though, because, like, what happens, and we've been doing this for a couple of years now, and uh, I, I have coaches who I've seen again because, obviously, they're at big clubs that always go to the State Cup Final. And he's like, oh, yeah, remember that last, you know, that game last year where something something happened? And I'm like... I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> so the story of the game... It all blends together. Okay, the story of the game is coming back to me, and this was actually my most tightly contested game. It was 0-0, and it was truly just completely even teams. There wasn't, like, any space. Like, every ball to the outside had a challenge on it. No attacker was able to get in behind. There was, like, no slack play. It was just even Stevens. And it's interesting that the Tigers end up winning in penalty shootouts because the Legends had won both of their knockouts in penalty shootouts to get to the final. So it almost, when the game was so tight, um, it seemed inevitable that it was going to penalties. Um, I mean, uh, credit to the fitness because in the extra time, it didn't seem like there was going to be a goal, but the energy levels like remained high. Granted, there's a million substitutions, but... Uh, these U15s did did very very well, and um, did you? I don't know if you had the same issue, but like I feel like I know that they they let them sub like crazy at this level. It makes sense, but it seems like they should still do the like substitution windows or something like, like where where like game. that yeah. way they're not. I mean, it's almost. I also think in baseball, like where they they made sure that the the relief pitcher faces three batters at a minimum. Like it seems like if you're gonna sub. So if you're going to sub three players in the next five minutes, just put them all out there, like, all at once. And that way we don't have to, like, stop the game, you know, play for two minutes. Oh, here's another one, and, like, do that. I, that would be my one my one reform that I would throw in there. Other than getting a, a substitution board, that would be great. I would love that, but that's purely for me. Yeah, I was good at calling the outgoing subs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they never going face away. you. Yeah, I, I actually asked one time last year, and I, and I think they thought I was weird. They're like, I was like, could you have the player just, like, turn around 
That seems uh, that seems like a weird question to ask for uh, for a little girl soccer game. But Maybe you gotta uh, get the number off the back. Yeah, I need the number, and then like, and of course nobody nobody had had numbers on their shorts all the time, and so I think I only had one team with numbers on the shorts. But yeah, this Legends team who had made it to the final, uh, they faced the Michigan Tigers who uh, end up winning 3-0 in the penalty shootout. Uh, the Legends team missed all of their shots. Well, now I, I, I've been calling these things for a few years, and I've never had a rooting interest. And now and now I kind of do because my girls play for the Michigan Tigers. So maybe maybe they gave you this game, uh, this uh, field, because they didn't want me to be biased. Yeah, know. yeah, no know. bias. Of course, I probably Josh. don't know anybody on the team, but, uh, you know. The Legends had a, a big uh, crowd section because we are in the home of the Legends here at the, the Legacy Center, but uh, they made it all the way to the final but fell in penalty shootouts, which is pretty cruel because penalty shootouts are a tough way to lose anything, yeah, but for you know 14-year-old girls, uh, pretty brutal to, to miss all their penalty shots. And then I started with the day uh, of the, the only game of the weekend where both teams scored, so it was the only one that... <laughs> was somewhat contested. And it was uh, still a 3-1 game. It was still a 3-1, but <laughs> that third one didn't come until the end. So the first game was actually the most physical game. There was a lot of collisions. While the premiere is technically like lower rated, I thought that there was more deliberate, like, let's pass and move and play. And uh, yesterday in the Elite games, there was a lot more like collisions and physical play. Strangely enough, I thought it would have been the other way around. But, I mean, the players did seem faster, and there was a, I don't know, it, 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 there was a different pace to play, but definitely tons of collisions. And I got to say, uh, the, the, the winners of this was uh, SCORE, which was the Soccer Club of Rockford, uh, Rockford just north of Grand Rapids, so against the Michigan Rangers, so uh, a Grand Rapids area uh, kind of rivalry. The and artist, I, I guess the artist been... formerly known as Fire Juniors, right? Correct. Is that what it was? Yeah. And from what I uh, heard that these two clubs have been facing each other pretty frequently since 2008, so very familiar teams, but it was a soccer club of Rockford with a 3-1 win to start this whole weekend off for me. So I guess And you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to have goals everywhere and eh, not so I mean, much. I guess there wasn't any like one nils. There was at least two goals three goals in most of them but i guess my takeaway is nice to see some clubs get their their clubs and some teams get their their first state title win i guess what's your takeaway yeah i i I think (laughs) i can't not point out the nationals the nationals union uh struggles but uh i mean really there i I had some nice variety too i mean like i sometimes if you get like all jaguars games or you get all union games or whatever i um but you know, I had a good variety. I had a Legends game. I had a Jaguars game. I had a you know a, a Rangers game. So I feel like I got like a, a pretty wide uh, you know variety of uh, of teams to to see where people are at with the with their talent. And uh, man, they are there are a lot of impressive players, and, and and a lot of them are already picking their colleges. And you know some of the coaches are talking to some of the coaches, and for them, you know some of them have brought these teams along, and they have never experienced the whole college recruiting thing as a coach. And so this was new for them. And I thought that was kind of interesting to see, like, like, I, I don't know, I'm getting all these calls from scouts and like these coaches from these schools and all these things. And like, I want to do what's best for the player and like, want to help them make a good decision, but it's ultimately up to them. And like, I don't, you know, it's, it's interesting for them to just on that new experience for the coaches anyway. So, well, 2022 Michigan, 
Youth Cup or uh, the uh, MSYSA State Cup. Uh, 2022 is is a wrap. Um, and uh, you can check it out on YouTube. I guess uh, all of our games are going to be on YouTube. So if you yep. want to check them out, there. Yeah, I was saying that there. all weekend live and archived on the MSYSA YouTube channel. So if you're curious to check out what these uh, travel youth teams are doing, it's right there on the MSYSA YouTube channel. So thank you, Josh. Another and, one in the books. All right. Till next time. All right, that about does it for us this week on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to uh, Josh Hakla for uh, reviewing the weekend out in Brighton at the uh, girls' state cup finals. And uh, kudos to him. Uh, That was a lot of talking over the weekend, and uh, I know it took a lot of energy to wrap that up. Our brains were a little fried as you could probably tell from that. And then thank you to the guys from Daily Detroit, Jer Stays and Fletcher Sharp for joining me, talking about their show and their viewpoint of the LaRouge's first season in the USL Championship. And then also be sure to check out Daily Detroit's coverage from the scene in Memphis, Tennessee this weekend. So thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always. Thank you. To my guests, excellent as always. Be sure to check out all the episodes on Apple, Spotify, on a number of different platforms. We have uh, well over 70 shows now. And then be sure to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. we got a handful of episodes on YouTube as well. So until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer. <laughs>